Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast. As always, if you don't know by now, well, damn it, you just better ask somebody. It's your boy, DJ Billy A, and across the way from me is my man, 50 Grand. Get up on your microphone and tell him who you am, my friend. Would you like me to tell you who I am? I 100% would love to tell you who you are. Tell me who you are. I think that's what I meant to say. All right. Tell me who you are. I wouldn't ask if I didn't want to know, right? That makes sense. I, th- I figured it did. I thought you, I thought you were link picking uh, up what i was like good day to you fine folks of the 209 till infinity podcast it is i savage o'malley yes we're back we're in the building baby aka big skis yes aka big nasty yes aka oh man so many names <laughs> you're rolling through the mental rolodex right now trying to figure it out huh? call me dad yeah <laughs> there you go all right i like it what, what's going on my guy uh, you know it's funny um a couple weeks ago we reviewed um we reviewed john wick four yeah we did and i talked about how we are having our first official real true summer movie blowout like where they're hitting us over the head with movie after movie to the point where it's too many that you can't watch them all and i had mentioned how it had been a long time since that's happened and it got me to thinking uh how much things have changed do you remember when you used to have to dial you used to have to pick up the phone to call the movies to get the time like you'd be excited if a new movie dropped and the only way to know if it came out was to either get the newspaper and open the newspaper and there used to be that section in the newspaper you know pre-fandango pre the internet before you could look it up if you didn't know your local theater's phone number which i still to this day the jackson cinema is burned into my brain 223-2503 was the jackson cinema's phone number and you'd sit there and wait for the recording and they would change the movies every friday and you'd wait praying that that little four four room cinema 
got the movie you wanted. Like I can remember really wanting to see CB4 and waiting like, hello, thank you for calling the Jackson Cinemas. Uh, for this week of January 4th through January 9th, we have in theater number one, uh, you know, whatever. Alvin and the Chipmunks playing at one o'clock, five o'clock. You had to wait like, fuck, I want to hurry up next, next. And finally they'd go in screen five, die hard or whatever you're waiting on. You're like, yes, yes. You literally didn't know unless you drove by and saw the marquee or picked up the phone and called. And then if you didn't know the number, I can remember me and my boys like on a Friday night, yo, we want to get out. We want to go to SAC. You went and got the Sacramento Bee. And there was a section in the paper where all the theaters posted, like, okay, there's, uh -huh. there's the, uh, uh, there's the Sunrise United Artists Sunrise, there's the United Artists, or there's the the Regal this, there's the Cinemark that, the Cinedomes, and they'd print them out with the times. And here's where the struggle got real: if they didn't update those ads, because sometimes they'd go lit, you'd get there. And the movie might no longer be there because they screwed up the ad or they got the time wrong and you'd show up like 45 minutes late or 30 minutes early for the movie and that's just something i thought about like that's not even a thing anymore like or the flip side of that is sometimes you'd get there and they'd be like uh we only you know you'd be there with five of your boys and they'd be like we only got two seats left like it's almost sold out like those are things that don't now i pull up my fandango app and i pick my seats I know exactly the time, exactly the movie. I go in and they scan the little button on my phone and go right this way, sir. You know, theater number four to your right. Uh, but that's so crazy. It's just something, you know, one of them little stupid things I was thinking about as I'm thinking of all these movies coming out because it, it reminds me, the way movies are coming out now, it's been a few years. It reminds me of back in the day when they, it seemed like once a month there was some big movie that you really wanted to see. And I could literally remember that 223-2503 phone call and just waiting, going, please, please let it be my movie. Let it be my movie. Please, 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 please. When they'd say it, you'd get so stoked. But I can remember I was into a lot of hip hop shit and a lot of shit people didn't like. So I can remember having to go to SAC to see a lot of movies because like the, a lot of the, the, the shit I was into, like Friday never played at the Jackson Cinema. I had to go right, to SAC to right. see that shit. There was a lot of movies like that you know, boys in the hood type films that weren't coming to the Jackson cinema. Uh, so I made a lot of trips to SAC, but boy, the Sacramento Bee was my friend back in the day, dude. Like when was the last time, do you even buy a newspaper? When was the last time you thought about cracking open a newspaper, reading a paper? Do you read the paper? Like the only time, the last time I buy, the last time I bought <laughs> me. Uh, a newspaper or is when there's some type of either event that right. I want to, put up on the wall right. and frame yeah you got a giants world series champs from the modesto b right the modesto b not yeah. even the sack b that's the modesto b baby all right uh and uh, the problem is when that happened is you couldn't get your hands on those motherfuckers oh really they sold sack out. b was sold out chronicle i tried to get the chronicle oh got you yeah couldn't get it anywhere local okay and that people were like because the, the 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 newspaper things were still the old school uh Yes. You know, you put the, the the money in and you open it up and you take your paper. Right. People are putting the money in and taking like 30. Oh, yeah. There's no way to monitor that. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, dude. Yeah. It's, uh, it's... Hey, we're out of papers. How much can we make? $2.50. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. And a rock. Yeah. Somehow we got a rock in <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. And occasionally you find a snake. They used to uh, find It's funny you bring that up because uh, one of my coworkers, we were talking um, about the Kings playoff series and getting tickets. And she was like, how'd you get tickets? And it was so hard. And I explained to her I'm a season ticket holder, so luckily I had her the access, so I was able to go that route. 
Right. And um, so basically what happened was um, she was, we were talking about in 02 when the Kings were in the playoffs and then the Western Conference Finals and right. all that stuff. And she's like, there was a, there was a point where they beat somebody and they were going to the Western Conference Finals. And when that game was over, right, she's like, I literally left my house within 15 minutes mm-hmm. and sat outside of Tower Records for 18 <laughs> hours. Yeah, yeah. And it totally brought me back because I remember, I, I, I obviously I didn't forget, but we used to go to the warehouse to get our tickets. Yeah. And you'd have to stand in that little, there'd be like the checkout or you wanted tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd have like a good person at the warehouse running the Ticketmaster. Yep, and it w- with the... Uh... And basically they do what we do now is go on there, see what seats are available, yeah. pull them up. Do you want to get them? You have so long to finish your Tower purchase. had bass tickets. Tower was a bass ticket outlet. Warehouse was Ticketmaster. Right. Yeah, and I could literally remember how big of a deal it was in Amador County when the little local record store became a bass ticket outlet. And I remember he even had the little window Willie. Willie Nelson was his name, which is hilarious that his name was Willie Nelson owned sound effects in Jackson, a little record store. And he had the fucking window like anybody was lining up in front of sound effects. But I remember I wanted Lollapalooza tickets. And I remember I got there the morning the uh, waiting for him to open. And it was me and one other girl <laughs> standing waiting to get Lollapalooza tickets on in Jackson at the fucking little record store. And he walked in, closed the door, flipped the sign, and then went over to the little, hey, what can I do for you? <laughs> went to the little booth, and I'm like, yeah, two tickets for Lollapalooza, please, which is where I saw the Incredible Beastie Boys concert that we talked about last week. But yeah, man, it's just such a different world we're in now. And I thought about, I was just thinking about how stupid, like not stupid, stupid is the wrong use, but just how crazy, like a cell phone, the, the invention of the cell phone has changed our lives so much to where, you know, you used to have to get on a rotary phone and call the movies and wait for the recording or go around the corner and hope that they had the local paper and hope that the, the movie listings in the paper were accurate. I can also remember prior to the cell phone, the other thing I remember is the B every Sunday would do the reviews. So if I wanted to know if a movie was any good or not, I couldn't just go to Rotten Tomatoes on my phone. I had to pull up the Sacramento Bee and go in and go, all right, what did the Bee? And the Bee was tough. Whoever their movie critic at the time, he would rate it from one to five stars. And I remember if any movie that I was semi-interested in, if it got two and a half stars, if it at least got two and a half, I'm like, oh, I'm probably gonna like that shit. Cause this dude is tough. He is tough. Like if it got three or three and a half, I'm like, oh, that shit's gonna win an Oscar. <laughs> like it's, right. it's, a, it's an absolute classic. But yeah, man, the little simple things that we take for granted right now that we can do on a daily basis that make our lives so much easier. Mm-hmm. Like just just being able to pull up a movie and buy tickets, or pull up a, a venue and buy tickets to a concert. Like, um, yeah, the advances we made. You know, I know we all thought. By the year 2023, we'd have flying cars and moving sidewalks and lying ass motherfucking <laughs> back to the future. Robots talking to us and doing robot maids doing our jobs for us. But the, the advances we do have seem simple, 
but they're fucking mind blowing when you really think about it, like what they've done. But anyway, that was just something I thought about, man. Because well, you thought about it, and it brought me to the Ticketmaster thing. Yeah, that, yeah. That it, conversation I just had. I think I've seen more movies in the last. You you mentioned watching four movies in a in a weekend. Like, yeah, I think I've watched more movies in the last couple months than I probably have in the last couple years, as far as going to the theater. Yeah, that weekend I watched. Um, I, like I said, I watched Shooter. Yeah. Uh, with. Uh, with Kim and right. she'd, she'd seen it but it has been a long time my mom had never seen it obviously my son was with us it was Easter weekend right. he's seen it he's not allowed to live in the house if he hadn't right yeah yeah um, rules yeah so we watched that uh, there's a new um, rom-com on Netflix with Ashton Kutcher and um, and um, I've seen the trailer for it I forget who the girl is oh why am I blanking out is it uh this is the girl from Legally Blonde. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon, okay. Uh, I've seen the trailer. It was, it was good. It was entertaining. It was fun. Uh, <laughs> it was I, we, a rom-com, yeah, right? Yeah, there's another rom-com out called um, Valet. Okay. Which is uh, about uh, this, something happened in Hollywood, so they, like, someone snapped a picture of the, this actress, famous actress with the valet, so they try to set up this, uh, this, ba- this basically, this, this, uh, they make it. They pay him to act like they're dating for a minute. Okay, so like, gotcha. It's a ruse, you know, for the media. Right. And she actually ends up falling for him oh. and being a general guy and regular person and not, you know, of course, not a Hollywood type. But then they break up. But then they get back together. Have you seen it? I have. <laughs> you seen one? You seen them all? Rock on. And then, and then that, uh, that may be the original Die Hard as far as setting a formula. Yeah. I don't know what the first rom com was. And but. and. Obviously, we watched Shooter, which I've, I told you is one of my top three movies of all time. Yeah. So you know how I feel about that. Yes. So take this content, take this next comment, it, it, how you like it. But my favorite movie of the weekend. Yeah. Obviously, Shooter ranks high. Was Highwayman, which I told you about. Yes. Which with Kevin Costner and yes. Woody Harrelson. Yes. Came out in 2019. I never saw it. I was thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it was great. I couldn't stop watching it not for the ladies apparently my mom was bored <laughs> oh, okay got you but got i you. thought it was great it's a story about bonnie and clyde and yeah 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 i remember you sending me the the link going yo this was really good have you seen it and i had not seen it so so uh, definitely check that out yeah well uh speaking of movies well let me say something sir. yeah you're gonna, okay tell me may something. 1st it is right now yes when people are listening right if they're listening on monday right Let's hope they are. We're back Mondays. Hi. Every Monday, we promise. Which means it has been April. Yeah. April is gone. Yes, it is. April showers bring May flowers. That's what they say. Or pollen. Yeah, that too. Um, which means we've had a full month of baseball. Yes, correct. And uh, we talk about sports mm-hmm. sometimes. Yes, we do. We talk about life a lot of times. Yes, we do. We talk about music sometimes. Correct. But we talk about movies a lot. Yeah, we do. And one set of movies or genre, if you will, right. that we haven't really addressed mm-hmm. was is a little thing we like to call a baseball movie. Yes. Ever heard of it? I have heard of baseball movies. Yeah, yeah they're movies yeah. about baseball or loosely yeah. based around baseball. Crazy. Baseball movies are movies about baseball. Yes, I have heard of those. I, I do believe I know what you're talking about. Um, 
And yeah, man, it's something you and I have talked about. We've like, we need to do the baseball episode. We need to do the episode where we just talk about baseball movies and our favorite baseball movies. And I thought, man, what a better way to do it than let's do the baseball movie draft. We've done the candy draft. Oh, the Halloween candy draft, classic. We did the Christmas movie draft. My favorite thing is I'll do the we'll do the draft and then like randomly someone will be like, "What the fuck? No Skittles or no sour Skittles?" Like, I love pissed, it. Pissed. So let's see. We did the candy draft. We did the Christmas movie draft. We did the fast food draft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Was that the only three we've done so far? I think so. We get a lot of feedback from the drafts. People seem to enjoy the drafts, have fun with the drafts. So I was like. Look, we wanted to dedicate an episode to talking about baseball movies. What better way to do it than by instituting a the 209 till infinity first ever baseball movie draft. Let's get it, baby. Yeah. So I know we've been going back and forth on who starts, but I know the first person who gets the first pick usually has a huge advantage. So I just happen to have a quarter here. Oh, do you? We could uh, flip a coin to see who oh, gets the first pick. You have a quarter right there. I have a quarter right here. I do. You have a quarter. I have, I have a quarter, yes. And here we go. Yes, that's right. So, what do you want? Heads or tails, my friend? Tails never fails, my guy. Tails never fails. All right, here we go. We have flipping shit. fails. I suck at flipping. You want me to flip it? I got a little more room over yeah, here. Yeah, you know, that probably would have been a better way. Flip it. You're he's calling like, he's tails. Like, I, I call tails. Here we go. Yes. Boom, bang, beautiful. Heads. Heads. Okay, so I'm going first. Mm -hmm. For my first pick in the first ever 209 Till Infinity Baseball Movie Draft, I am going with a family classic, a family film, one that men, women, children love. 8 to 80, blind, crippled, crazy. It doesn't matter. I don't know anyone who doesn't like this movie. You don't even have to love baseball necessarily to love this movie. My first pick is The Sandlot, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, you're welcome. The Sandlot. Yes, The Sandlot. It's a classic. It is. And here's what I love about it. I could watch it with my kids. Check. They loved it. Still love it. Could watch it with my girl, who may not be the biggest baseball fan. Might be. Depends who your girl is. Uh, but there's something in that movie for everybody. If you like kids, it's there. You like humor, it's there. Do you like dogs? Check. The movie's got it. Beast. Do you love sports and baseball? It's in there. Are you looking for a father-son relationship? The the stepdad and the son relationship? It's there. I mean, it, it, you see him camp out and talk about making s'mores. They talk about Babe Ruth. I mean, it's funny. It's touching. It's heartwarming. I can relate to it because I think I'm, I'm sure you did too. I had a sandlot. It was Mike Clark Field in Pine Grove. I spent entire summers playing home run derbies down there with my friends. So this movie really struck a chord with me. I could probably relate to The Sandlot a lot more. I never played high school baseball. I played like two seasons of Little League. But I had two to three summers where Mike Clark Field was my Sandlot. And me and my boys played home run derby and pretended to be Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds. Uh, and so that's why I picked that movie as my first pick, man. I, I love that film. Um, It's a great pick, dude. Thank you. I'm very happy you took it. Yeah. Because that means you left my number one pick on the board. Yeah, I figured I did. Which is an absolute classic to me. I love this movie. I quote it often. Yes. I've recently used a uh, quote from it in our show. Uh-huh. My first pick, hands down, an absolute steal at the top of the draft, Major League. Boom. Hilarious. Now, this is one. Now, here's the thing about Major League. I love it. It's a great movie. Um... 
I think you do need to be major league doesn't have, I think, the overall appeal. So I love it. I don't argue the pick. I think it's a great top pick. I figured that was going to be your top pick. But the thing about the Sandlot is if you're just looking for an overall movie to entertain you, I think you're going to grab a wider audience. The, the, the Major League's a classic, spawned a sequel. But I think you really got to be more into baseball. Look, I, I love I love how you're trying to accommodate all the fans <laughs> in your park. But we're going to just take our title yeah, and our yeah. championship and we're going to go home because we just took the best. I got you. Okay. I feel you. I, I, I appreciate you're trying to get everybody happy on their on their little blankets and well, eating hot dogs and cotton candy. Yeah. Okay, but we're going to take a winner. <laughs> your turn. For me, number two, I am going Field of Dreams. Oh, that is a... Hey. Talk about hitting you in the feels. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, there, what is it about Kevin Costner? You got Kevin Costner pops up in a lot of baseball classics. He's something about him and baseball connects. Um, he probably could pop up in two or three movies in this list. Uh, you got James Earl Jones, who is also in The Sandlot. Uh, it's great. This is another one I talked about the father son relationship in in uh, in The Sandlot. This is a really is father-son relationship you talked about in sandlot this is yeah on steroids yeah the father-son relationship relationship. i mean the movie the movie ends with kevin costner and ray liotta who plays kevin costner's father having one last catch uh probably one of the most touching moments in in movie history period not just baseball movies It, it coined the term which has been used a bazillion times since let's have a catch yep and if you build it they will come which also got is been used yes 100 percent um, I think that movie is perfectly cast. I mean, the idea of him hearing the voice to build it and and mowing down his cornfields and building a baseball field and everyone thinks he's crazy. Uh, and then here comes all these old retired players, the ghosts, and they're all playing games and it all works out in the end. But it really, it's a relationship about Kevin Costner and his kids and his wife and then him repairing and, and getting that one last chance to connect with his father a great pick dude. i love that movie. it's a great pick you so. cannot go wrong when you got the field yeah of and i will say that's another movie if we're talking if you're seeing a theme with my movies i don't think you have to love baseball to love field of dreams it helps if you got a, a passion in your heart for baseball you're really gonna love that movie but that's another one that i feel like kids dogs moms parents 8 to 80, blind, crippled, and crazy again, will love that film. Like, there's an appeal to it that goes beyond baseball. Like, but I love that fucking movie so much. Yeah. What you got, man? Oh, my second pick? Your second pick, please. Oh, we got picks. All right. Uh. My second pick. Uh Uh-huh. Starring the aforementioned Kevin Costner. Yes. An absolute legend of a movie. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to go Bull Durham. Oof. Give me a little Crash Davis, Ebby Calvin, Nuke Lelouch. Yes. Right? I'll take it all day. 100%. And don't, don't get me going about Annie Savoy. Yes. No, that's a great movie. Um, I wrestled with Field of Dreams or that one as to what I was going to go next. Um, I absolutely, you're absolutely right. That is a phenomenal film. I mean, the, it's an ensemble cast. And everybody does their job in that movie. He hit that thing like he knew it was coming. He did. Yeah. How'd he know? I told him. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think that guy just won a steak. I think 
I think the term that got coined in that movie was grab some pine meat. Like that's like, to me, that's, oh my God, that's, uh, I love that line so much. I love the old retired ball player who made it up for to the pros for a short time. And then he's back in the minors and all he wants to do is just break that minor league home run record. And he's just grinding it out to do it and then imparting his wisdom. It's a love story, which I think this movie appeals to a lot of women because of the love story aspect of it. Like, you lollygag in and out of the dugout. You lollygag your way down the first. You lollygag the ball around the infield. You know what that makes you? What? Lollygaggers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, dude. That's like an absolute classic, an amazing choice. I mean, Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon. Uh, phenomenal, man. Let me just tell you, we got Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, Major League. Yes. And the Sandlot, all off the board. Yeah. Here's where things are going to get interesting. Yes. Your third pick, sir. My third pick is a movie that may not connect with a lot of people, but I'm, I'm picking this one because I love it as an Oakland A's fan. I think it's a phenomenal true story and an amazing movie just all the way around. And you do really need to love baseball to love this movie. Clifford goes to the Yankees. Clifford goes to the, leaves the A's and goes to the Yankees. It's a tragedy. It's a very sad story. Some uh, people call it Moneyball too. Yes, that's right. <laughs> So anyways, my third hey, pick. Is, here's what I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, <laughs> Country Woody is going to be, he's laughing right yeah. now. He loves the fucking Clifford The Clifford shit. stuff's a hit, man. It's and a we hit. didn't even talk about how you were on another podcast. Oh, I did And not. the Clifford joke came, came up. up. I'm like, this joke really won't die. It will not die, sir. No. Sorry, third pick. Third pick for me is the Brad Pitt helmed uh, Moneyball. Uh, the true story of the season where the A's, they tied the single win. Right? Is that that's right, right? The record? The record for the most single wins in a it's not single wins, the most wins in a regular season, correct? Am I correct in saying that? It's uh, been a while since I've watched the movie, but I, it's the true story of the season with J, Jason Giambi. The 2002 Giambi. season, Billy Bean attempts to assemble competitive teams. Yeah, and they 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 tie the record. They don't break the record for the most wins, but I believe they tie it. I mean, it's got Brad Pitt, it's got Chris Pratt playing Scott Hatterberg. It's got Jonah Hill. I mean, it's an incredible cast. It's a true story about my team. There's a story about the Oakland A's, my team, that stars Brad Pitt. Like, the brokest team in baseball has a major motion picture that's actually a really solid, well-acted movie. And I fucking love that movie so much. So my third pick is Moneyball, 100%. Because it's just all about the A's don't have money. So it's about using stats and statistics and science to pick the right players right. and put together the best team. And no one believes in this theory, this, 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 like, I don't know what you call it. They put together a, a formula that works. Right. And it doesn't make sense. They put somebody on first base that's never played first base, but somehow it works. And it's a crazy story and an incredible movie. And that's a great it. pick, man. It's yeah. a great pick. I knew, I figured you were going to take it. Uh, let me tell you something. I appreciate Moneyball more now than when it came out. Right. Uh, I just, I don't know why. I just, I just think it's a really good movie. It I is. think it was too soon after the Moneyball stuff kind of happened. Right. Now I go back and I look at it and, and, uh, I, I, and this may or may not make sense. I think, you know, I think we get wiser as we get older. Yeah. Yeah. And so we understand stuff a little bit better. Sure. And I think I understand Moneyball a little bit better just from. Yeah. You know, letting seeing the world transcribe a little bit. I know? love the back and forth between Billy Bean and I can't remember the actor's name who plays the coach. 
but he plays the guy who was coaching the A's at the time. And Art Howe. Art Howe. Art Howe was yeah. the, the, the Yeah, and I can't remember the actor's name, but he's a really good actor. He's been Oscar nominated. And him and Brad Pitt, you know, going off the, uh, you know, because he, Art Howe's like, I have the final decision in who starts. And this guy's starting. And Billy Bean goes, no, well, guess what? No, he's not, because I just traded him to Philly. So, yeah, now you're starting this guy. Good luck. And, it, and that, really, that shit really happened. That's how it went down, mm-hmm. man. I just love, that's a great movie, and I, I just want to, I love it. So that was my number three. What you got? Well, this is tough, man, because I got a couple ways I could go here. Um, this is a difficult one for me. But I am going to go with, and, and I can... He's not dead. No. But I can hear the mad cyclone rolling over in his grave right now. Okay. I'm going to go with For the Love of the Game. Okay. With Another Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner makes our makes our uh, now for the third time he uh, has hit the draft. If you haven't seen For the Love of the Game. I have not, actually. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. 40-year-old pitcher Billy Cha- Chapel, basically a dinosaur, approaching the end of his career. But in, his, in this, he's he's at Honda Tigers, he's in Yankee Stadium, and basically he's throwing a perfect game. Okay. Even though he's he's done. And as he's going through the perfect game, it's like two movies. He's also reflecting on his life right. and the things that he's been through. So he reflects back onto how he got there all while the perfect game's going on. Yeah, it's, okay. I, it's just, it, it really hits you in the feels. Okay. It's a great uh, flick, um, and I enjoy it, and... Uh, it's one of those ones where, like, when it came out, I was like, eh. And as I've gotten older, I've really started to appreciate it. And it's one of those movies that when it's on, I don't turn it off. I've like, I, I get that. stuck. It's funny because since baseball season started, people will post clips of movies on TikTok and right, on the reels. Right. And I've come across two or three clips from that movie. And I realized, oh, shit, I've never seen that movie. Like, uh, and, I, and, I, and I don't know why because I like baseball movies. I like Kevin Costner in baseball movies. It's one of those ones I just never got around to. I've, I've got to watch it. I just haven't yet, but I'm going to. Okay, so that brings me to my fourth pick. Here's where I come out of left field with one. Hey, yeah. This is one that, that a lot of people probably wouldn't make their list. This was a movie that I thought was absolutely ridiculous, stupid, did not appreciate it at all. But my children loved it, and they watched it over and over and over again to the point where I started to laugh, started to chuckle, really started to see what they were doing with the movie and enjoyed it, and now actually own a physical copy of it. And that is the uh, Rob Schneider-helmed bench warmers. Wow. Yeah. Coming out of left field. Well, let me just tell you something, bro. You just fucked up my draft. Uh-oh, I did. Absolutely. Oh, no. You had bench warmers? 100%. That was be my fifth pick. I Yeah, you know what, dude? I My kids, that was on Netflix at one point, and especially my son, Max, over and over. And I was like, dude, this movie's so stupid. Give me a break. But then as I really would sit with him and laugh with him, it was a movie we could enjoy together. My son, Will, loved it. Even my daughter thought it was funny. There's something to be said for just wanting to include everybody. The theme of the theme, the basic theme of this movie is: Hey, everybody should get a chance to play. Whether you're a science geek or a comic book nerd or a jock, it doesn't matter who you are. The game transcends, and everybody should be allowed to play. And then on top of that, you just got the dumb Adam Sandler humor. I mean, it's got David Spade. Uh, it's got the dude who played Napoleon Dynamite. I think what's his name, John Heater. It's mm-hmm. Heater. And then Rob Schneider, dude. And there's a nice little twist at the end of it where you, you learn something about Rob Schneider. 
But yeah, I won't spoil it. Even. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, 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 but. No, listen. My son was literally watching the Benchwarmers. Yeah. Like three times this week. Yeah. Because he says he just was tired and he didn't finish it. I think he watched it three times. <laughs> it's Dude, the scene where the Little League team brings in the ringer and it's like a 40-year-old Puerto Rican guy who's getting drunk. I'm 12. Yeah, and he, and he bribes the ref with a little piece of paper that just says "I am 12. And there's hey, like a hey, do you have his? Do you have his? Yeah, his papers right here. It's like he written in crayon. I'm yeah. 12 with a ten dollar bill. Yeah, and the umpire's like, "Looks good to me." <laughs> Dude, stupid stuff like that. It's so it's so funny, man. I love that movie, Bench Warmer. Sorry, I messed up your draft. I didn't think I didn't expect you to have that one. I oh love, my I gosh, love that I, movie. Well, let me tell you this. So. And here's the thing: is there's so many ones I'm gonna I'm, that are gonna be left off that I really enjoy. Oh, 100 um, percent. Oh man. So what was that? That was my four, right? That was your four. You got okay. one left. I got yeah. two left. <sighs> man. All right, I'm gonna go with this, and this is a baseball movie, uh-huh. and I'm picking this movie for one character. Okay. I'm curious. I'm going to go with my fourth pick, A League of Their Own. <laughs> okay, Tom Hanks. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Are you crying? <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. Tom Hanks is the man. dude. I've really come to realize, you know, they say throw your flowers at somebody now while while they're still here to, 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 to bask in it and enjoy it. And we need to give Tom Hanks all the flowers. He is an absolute goat. You got Laura, you got Gina Davis. Yes. Madonna. Right. Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. Tom Hanks. Yep. A plethora of got people. Great movie. It's a fun movie. It's about how women, all, all female baseball leagues spring up in the Midwest when all the uh, men were basically pulled to World War II. Right. The no, Rockford Peaches. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember enjoying it immensely when, oh, when it dropped. It's just yeah. fun. It's just yeah. fun. It's been a long time. Okay, so that leaves me with my... And let me say, we've got the Mariposa Mauler. We've yep. got Oh You Nasty. We've got uh, the Mad Cyclone. We've got Country Woody that are all baseball fans. Right. I'm going to hear some shit. Oh, for I sure. I know it's coming. Yeah, for sure. Well, all, we hate it. It just goes without saying. Because I know, I, I, I'm looking at one right now that I know I'm not taking. If you take it, that's good. I hope it, you do take it so we don't hear it. But it's going to get left off if it comes down to I'm me. looking. I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth between a couple right now. And I'm having a real. Well, box. you're on the clock, my guy. I am on the clock. So for my last pick. Oh, geez. I, this, is, this is difficult now. I'm at a point where I, I'm, I'm Speaking on the- of baseball. Boston Red Sox. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with the Keanu Reeves helmed hardball. Oh, you're really working the, the kitty movies here. I liked that movie. I very rarely think Keanu Reeves should be in a role where he speaks all that often. We <laughs> talked about it in the John. Yeah. Book. Yeah, the, le- the less is more from him. Um, but I just, there was something about this dude who is in trouble having trouble with the law and can't seem to get his shit together he's kind of a drunk kind of a a guy who's been in and out of jail somehow ends up uh coaching this inner city baseball team and there's the inclusion of the i I love it when you call me big papa song that gets me every time there's the one kid who's an incredible pitcher but his mojo the thing that gets him to pitch incredibly is he's listening to i love it when you call me big papa on his headphones Mm -hmm. and at one point in the movie 
the rival team coach realizes that that's his mojo and goes, hey, that's against the rules. He can't fucking wear those headphones, make him take them off. So they make him remove the headphones. He starts pitching like shit. And then the entire team on the bench goes, I love it when you call me Big Pop. Throw your hands in the AI if you're a true player. And they all start singing it, and he starts just striking dudes out left and right. Uh, there's a, a really cute little kid in the movie who ends up, you know, having some really bad family issues and horrible things happen. It's one of those movies that it tugs on the heartstrings. Um, that was tough. There was one other one I was looking at, uh, but I went for that. Okay. Well, let me just tell you something Hardball. right now, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go off the reservation here. All right, I'll Cuz this it. is my list. Since you started it off with the movie about the Indians, now you're going off the reservation. Huh? Yeah. Okay, I get you. Okay. <clears throat> Don't get your corn in a bunch. All right, I'm not. I'm ready. What's your what's your five? I'm going off the reservation. This is probably way down the list of people's movies. Most people probably haven't even seen this. Okay. But I love this movie. Uh -huh. Because of the acting, because of the story, because of the player that it's about. Right. My fifth pick, uh -huh. I'm going to go with Cobb. Cobb, yes. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones is, Jones is Ty Cobb. Uh, he's one of baseball's uh, long uh, longtime legends aside, uh, alongside Babe Ruth, Willie Mays. Yes. Um, and uh, journalist uh, um, Stubb, uh, Stump. Becomes more involved. Stump is played by Robert Wool, uh -huh. uh, and yep. basically, like he follows him around, and it's cops. It's told in a flashback with all the scandals and the stuff that kind of went on in his life, dude. It's he's such an asshole, but mm. he was so good. And he was also kind of racist, but that was the era, like right, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a true telling of his life. I've seen it. It's been years, but I remember one of the things I liked about it is they didn't pull any punches with showing you who he was. Oh no, person. they did yeah. not sugarcoat shit. Yeah, no, he was an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Ty Cobb, yeah. and uh, and and he was one of the greatest, maybe most underrated. You know what I mean? Like this player, it, when you look at who he was as a as a as a person, yeah. Uh, not as a person, but as a, as a baseball player. Right. Just one of the all-time greats. <laughs> so that's your five. That's my five. So let's recap. Take take me back from the top. What was your your number one was uh, Major League. Yes. Uh-huh. Number two? Uh, my number two was Bull Durham. Right. Three? My number three was For the Love of the Game. Right. League of Their Own. And then Cobb. And Cobb. Okay, so my number one was The Sandlot. Uh-huh. Then I went with Field of Dreams. Mm -hmm. And then I went with Moneyball, Money Ball, right? And then number four was Bench Warmers. Mm -hmm. And five, I went with uh, Hardball. Right. Which I'm kind of regretting because I, 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 I went. You remember the movie with Quaid, Dennis Quaid? Yeah, the it's rookie? called The Rookie. It's fantastic. I, I love that movie. That, And I kind of regret not putting that at five. Let, let me just tell you something, yeah. man. The Rookie was hard for me to leave off. I know we're going to hear some shit about not taking the natural with Robert oh, Redford. Dude, dude. That's a that's a classic baseball movie. How'd you feel about Mr. Baseball with Tom Hanks? I enjoy, I mean excuse Mr. Me, Tom Selleck. Yeah. I liked that movie. I, that's good. I, I wrestled hey, with the that Bernie one. Mac movie, Mr. 3000. 3000. That's I haven't a seen good that movie. one in a long time. Yeah. Hey, 42 with Chadwick Boseman, the Jackie Robinson story. You know, here's the thing. I own that and I've yet to watch it. I don't know why. I just got to get around. I have not seen that. It's a good flick. It, 61 oh, with Thomas dude. Jane about Mickey Mantle. Yes, I've seen that. Great that movie. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, what Rookie of the Year 
I know that's a kiddie film, but you know how many times I watched that with my oh, brother, dude? dude? What about I Angels in the Outfield? Dude, don't. Are you really going to talk to me about this poor kid who breaks his arm and then all of a sudden he's on the Cubs? Yeah, what that's right. What a classic yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of the story of the rookie, too. But the rookie was a true story. That dude was in an accident and he had all the like pins and shit and his arm was all pinned up. Mm-hmm. And then when he healed, for some reason, he could throw. And they said it was true. Like he could throw the ball much faster, pitch much faster than he could originally because something about the way he healed made his arm stronger. I loved that movie. I remember because he was a high school coach yeah, and he was Texas. pitching to the kids and all the kids were like, yo, you're, you're pitching fire. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not pitching that fast. And he went out and pitched a ball past the, uh, they had one of the speedometer signs, like where you track when you're right. track your miles per hour to show you're not speeding. And he pitched like a 96 mile an hour fastball past it. And he was like, oh shit. Like, yeah, dude, there's. He thought his kids were just being pussies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was smoking them. <laughs> he was fucking burning it he, in. He's going full uh, full Billy Madison on the fourth graders on the basketball yeah, yeah, court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. And he ended up being a, uh, a relief pitcher, if I remember correctly, for a short time in the majors. He actually made it. I, incredible movie, dude. But there's something about baseball that just. Uh, it, it, it transcends, and it's America's pastime, and it just makes for great movies. There's so many. But, yeah, I think I think you and I both got solid fives. Uh, it'll be interesting. Like you always said, the thing I love about these drafts is I love the reactions that we get, and I love being able to come back and hear people's, hear people's comments and hear how crazy we were, insane we were, stupid we were, or how genius as well. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd prefer you to tell us how genius we are, if nothing else, but yeah. I, I'm just hoping that I get some accolades for not picking the fan. Yeah. Ooh, with De Niro. And Wesley Snipes. Yes. Who was a giant, by the way. Yes, he was. Oh, yeah, man. De Niro was scary in that, dude. He murdered that dude so Snipes could play. He loved Snipes so much, he murdered a guy so he could get a starting position. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yes. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Well, there you go. There is the official 2023 baseball draft. I'm sure we forgot something. I'm sure we'll hear about it. And I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, please, please. Please let us know uh, why, how, why, how can we be so great? Yeah, that's right. How genius were we? That's what we want to know. That's what, that's what I want to hear. So that brings us to a transition. Now, now we go from the movies to television, my friend. Yes. Disney Plus has released season three of The Mandalorian. We are currently, when you hear this, uh, when this episode releases. Yes, it is. When this episode releases, on the date you're hearing this, it could be, the series could be complete at this point. But we're going to talk about the first four or five episodes, just to kind of get a feel for what we were thinking of the season, how we feel it's going, how we think it is compared to the first two seasons, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, just our basic take on Mandalorian season three in general. We won't go into too much specific details or stories episode per episode. This is just going to be a general overall consensus of how we feel about season three, because like I said, when this drops... The whole season could be completed, and we can do another episode where we follow up and go into more detail. About yeah, the final episode is on the. It will have been completed by the time we. Yeah, because while we're recording this today, we're about seven episodes deep. I think there's only nine. So right. yeah, by the time we get back, it will be over. So season three, you want to start? You want me to start? What do you think, man? Uh, why don't you go ahead? Um, you know what? I'm enjoying season three. I will say this: I thought it got off to a slow start. 
Um, I didn't really appreciate the first three episodes all that much. Um, I feel like the Mandalorian in the first two seasons had a formula and I definitely feel that they've strayed away from the formula. I feel like what happened in season one and two is Mando has a mission and his mission for season one and two was to get the child, AKA Grogu, AKA baby Yoda to the Jedi, to Luke Skywalker. That was his mission. In order to complete this mission, he needs help. And when he needs help from someone, what what do they do? They need something in return, which sends him on side missions that deter him from his actual mission. So he completes the side missions to get back to his mission. I like that formula. I think that formula was great. Uh, They kick these first three off by not doing that. You think you know what his side mission is. Uh, they kick it off by showing you the fact that he removed his mask. He's no longer a Mandalorian. Uh, and now he must go bathe in the waters in the minds of Mandalore to purify his spirit and come back and be a Mandal and accepted in the Mandalorian tribe. Okay, that's his mission. So I figure he's going to do that, but he's going to need, he's going to get these side missions to get deterred. But no, he knocks that out by like episode two, goes and takes a bath in the water and he's, he moves on. Um, so this season is different, but it really got going for me in episode four. I wasn't, I was like, uh oh, I don't know. First three, I didn't care for that much. Four, it got going. Once I realized what the show is going to be about, uh, that it's going to be about uh, Bo-Katan and her job as straddling both worlds of the Mandalorians, like she can take her mask off and hang out with the Mandalorians that don't walk the way, but she can also work with and help the Mandalorians that leave their masks on and follow the old traits and train the younglings and, and do their things. Uh, she walks both sides. And uh, what happens is the leader of the traditional Mandalorians realizes that she can do this and has chosen her to be the one to unite all Mandalorians and take their planet back. And so that's what this show's about. It took a minute to get there though. So for me, this show didn't really get going until episode four, but now I'm up through episode seven and I'm really enjoying it. Four, five, six, and seven, I thought had great acting, great stories, great special effects, very exciting, amazing visuals. I was, I'm loving it. I'm loving it now. It took me a few episodes though, but I'm ask, really enjoying it now. Let me ask you this. Yeah. And this is not just for The Mandalorian, but this is just kind of, um, in general for any type of show or something like uh-huh. this, whether it be the Mandalorian, <laughs> the walking dead, yeah, yeah, star yeah. Wars, whatever. whatever. When you see people that are in for cameos, uh-huh. do you think that's because they want to have these big name people in here or these people want to be in this and be a part of it just a little bit? Most of the time when it comes to star Trek and star Wars, the big name stars ask to be in it. They go, I want to be a part of Star Wars. Please let me in it. I know that Kevin Smith was in uh, in in The Rise of Skywalker. I know that Christian Slater's popped up in Star Trek. I, like, I'm pretty sure that most of that has something to do with them wanting to be in it, like, and requesting to be in it. So, like, in episode, I think it was six, Jack Black shows up. Jack Black and Lizzo. Yeah. yeah, and I thought they were both. I told my wife, I go, Lizzo isn't a great actress, but she's fitting this part. Like, it, she seems right for the part, even though she's not killing it on the acting side. For your first role to be like, we're going to put you in a massive Star Wars show, pretty crazy. Jack Black, I thought was great. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure they were probably like, yo, anything with Star Wars, put me in. Just it. get me in. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it boils down to. Um, so I enjoy this season. I think it's great. Uh, I disagree with the, the the first three episodes being slow for you, for, for me. Um, I really liked that, uh, you know, they had established that Mandalore had fallen, which is yes. why they were prior to season three, which is why they were kind of all, you know, out there on the run kind of um yes. and bo katan was basically hiding in her yes little castle on the side of the her team had hills. abandoned her and she was alone and basically the only friend she has is the mandalorian yeah um and then um the so they go back to mandalore in season two to bathe episode in two. episode yeah. t sorry yeah. uh, to to bathe in the waters you know right i need your help i'll show you it's not what if it's not it's not poisonous. All this stuff happens, right? So Bo-Katan goes with him and uh, he goes in the water. He's immediately pulled underneath. She goes in to save and pulls him out. As she's coming up, she sees the mythosaur. Yeah, a big which, giant dinosaur monster looking thing. Which is yeah. the also the uh, outline of the Mandalore basically logo or whatever. Right. It's, yeah. the, it's the Mandalore. Um, uh, so anyway, I, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed everything, and and like every single time we talk about Mandalorian, it's well done. It's the writing's good. It's funny. It's f interesting. It's like a western, but also like in Star Wars land. The, the whole series has been this way. Um, it, it's it's very it's very uh, clear, kind of where we're going. Walking the whole boat, walking both worlds, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, I is, like that. I yeah. like that storyline. I like the arc. It took it, for me. It took them three to really get there, but I do like that. I liked the. Um, I was really excited for the fact that they were going to bring the robot back because he said he needed a robot to be able to explore Mandalore because he mm -hmm. didn't think it was safe. So he's like, "There's only one robot I trust." So I liked the fact that he was bringing back the robot from season one. So I thought that was going to be his first side mission. Okay, before I can get to Mandalore, I need a part to put this robot back together. And so I was kind of disappointed when they, they go, okay, well, we put him together, but it didn't work, so they had to shoot him and shut him down. Um, that was disappointing me because that's... Um, it didn't work. He, he, he tried to we, kill him. He went, to, he, went to, he went back to his old programming because yeah. they don't have the right parts anymore. Right. But I really liked that robot's character. Like He was like the nanny robot, but they could also kick ass and save them. And that's voiced by um, the guy who does the voice for... Uh, oh, jeez. Korg. Korg from the Thor movies. Yeah. Thor's right hand man. Korg was Rockman. Yeah, he's the guy that does the voice for the robot. He's also the Taika Waititi, the director of Thor: Love and Thunder. I was really looking forward to seeing that robot again. Now you haven't seen episode eight, right? No, I'm behind this week. So, well, we'll talk again. Wait till you see the surprise in eight. I know you're a Grogu guy. I'm looking at your Grogu down there. When you see what they do with Grogu. And it has a little something to do with that robot. I'm not gonna tell you anything else. You're gonna love it. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I was excited for them to bring the robot back and then they didn't and he kind of bathed and it was quick. But then after that, then they got into the, what I felt the meat and potatoes of the story. Once he got away from Mandalore and went back to, he took Bo-Katan back to his people, his Mandalorian crew. And she started to see the way they lived and the way they worked. And she helped them save the child that was kidnapped by the big pterodactyl looking thing. And then they kind of accepted her into the like tribe. a pterodactyl dragon, but huge. Yeah, yeah, huge. 
they accepted her into the tribe, and then that's when the leader of the Mandalorian started to realize her potential. Um, I loved how they saved um, Carl Weathers' character, his planet, from being overrun by the pirates. I loved that episode. You talked about the episode where they go back to get her guys, and they meet Lizzo and Jack Black's characters. Love that, dude. Four, five, six, seven, and wait till you get to eight. You're going to love eight. Four, five, six, seven, and eight are phenomenal, dude. They're uh, a great... Just for me, a little slow starting doesn't mean they were terrible episodes. I just didn't couldn't get where they were going. Once I figured out where they were going, I'm fully on board. Um, here's what I'm really loving, and tell me if, if you've noticed this. Maybe it's just me. I feel like they've always done this in Mandalorian, but I feel like they've done it more this season than and ever. Is I feel like they're really going out of their way. Like I feel like Baby Yoda looks more like a doll or a puppet in this one than he has in any of the other ones. Like, I really feel they're going for the old school Star Wars vibe. Like, all the aliens, like the dog-looking aliens and the, all the aliens look like they're, it's not CGI. Like, it's clear that they're using, like, prosthetics and masks and makeup. Like, and I love that. It looks very old school. And, like, even at some points when, like, a ship flies overhead, it looks like a model. It doesn't look like I'm really watching, like, those little, there's so many little details in this show where they really want it to feel like that Return of the Jedi, Star Wars era, because this is supposed to take place right after Return of the Jedi. So it's really got the original Star Wars feel, and I feel like this season, they've pushed harder on that. With the aliens, nobody's CGI'd up. The ships look like models. The backdrops all look so classic and epic. And I really feel like, at one point, they throw Baby Yoda when the robot starts going crazy. The girl throws Baby Yoda, or he throws Baby Yoda to the robot, and she catches him. It's like she's catching like a little stuffed animal or a doll. Like I feel like they're almost intentionally going for that old school classic Star Wars sci-fi vibe. I just wondered if you noticed that. Uh, I mean, I I don't know how to answer that. Like, okay, I, I feel like. I feel like sometimes they can only do so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Without making I love it. it look. It's not a knock. No, I no, think no, no, it's no. great. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm excited about, though, is, is uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'll wait. I'm going to wait to tell you what I'm excited about because yeah. I want to see if this is where this thing ends up Yeah. Um, after this. I, yeah. I, I think that, because and, and, I know that um, the, uh, I'm blanking out on her name right now, but the, the new episode with, uh, oh, goodness gracious, this is great radio. Yeah, with uh, Bo-Katan or... No, the, the other one, the other Jedi, the girl. Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah, she's supposed to be coming back. Well, she's getting her own show. Yeah, They've that's announced what I'm saying. That the Ahsoka coming. show. Uh, what I heard, well, they just had the Star Wars celebration. They do it once a year, once every couple years. I guess it was in London. Mm -hmm. And they announced that there's going to be an Ahsoka show. Uh, they also announced, um, what was the other show they announced? There's going to be... That's coming this year in August. Yeah. Ahsoka's on the way. But they announced, I think, if I... Some Star Wars fanatics, correct me if I'm wrong. He will. But they're not saying when for sure. But they are saying that eventually the Ahsoka show, the Mandalorian show, and I want to say the Boba Fett show, if I heard this correctly, will all culminate and end with a movie. That's how they're all going to tie it up and complete it. Like, so we've got the Mandalorian going right now. We just had Boba Fett and now we've got Ahsoka, but all these characters have connected, right? Ahsoka has been in the Mandalorian. Boba Fett's been in the Mandalorian. We definitely know the Mandalorian was in Boba Fett because that saved that show's ass. 
and we definitely know Ahsoka popped up in the in the Boba Fett episodes too. So all these characters have somehow connected with each other. And what I heard was they announced at the Star Wars celebration is there will be more Star Wars movies coming down the pipe. But the big announcement that I thought I heard, if I heard correctly, was that the finales of all these shows, when they finally do sign off and say that they're done, will culminate in a, in a movie. Like, that's how they're going to wrap it all up completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm down with that. If you're telling me I'm going to get a movie with Ahsoka, who I love Rosario Dawson. I don't, she does no wrong in my eyes. I mean, whether she's working with Marvel or Star Wars or, or Zombieland, like, I, I love her and everything. I think she's incredible. Uh, and you're telling or Clerks. Me, Clerks. She's in all the shit I love. And you're telling me we're going to get a movie with her and we're going to get a movie with the Boba Fett and Mandalorian and Baby Yoda? A movie with all those characters? Luke Cage? Yeah. I mean, take my money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was in the yeah, Marvel. I mean, she's in Daredevil, Luke Cage, The Defenders. Dude. Yeah, she's awesome. So I had heard that. So we had the Star Wars celebration where they announced that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really stoked to see where they go with this. I, You know, like with what I was saying about Baby Yoda... They like literally have guys like puppeteers below Baby Yoda. There's no CGI. There's people like pulling strings, like when his eyebrows raise or he moves his ears. Uh, the lady that plays Ahsoka Tana, no, excuse me, Bo-Katan, said at one point off camera, she didn't realize the guys were listening and she was talking to the Baby Yoda doll. Like she's like, oh, hi, baby. She's like, don't you ever get mad? And the guys were listening. So they somehow pulled the strings and manipulated his face. So he made like a pissed off face. And she was like, oh shit. Like she got startled for a minute. Like almost thought he was real for just a second. But she's like, oh, I didn't know they could hear me. But the guys with the controls like gave him like a pissed off look. She's like, baby Yoda, aren't you ever angry? They pull the strings and he gets pissed at her. But I mean, that's what I love about it though. It's got, it truly does feel like classic Star Wars. Like when they come into a town and they go into a cantina or a bar and you see the aliens the same aliens you saw in a bar from star wars one or star wars two and they look like they've they're done up and created and made the exact same way those aliens were they're staying true to lucas's vision i feel so far more than any other star wars show i feel like this one's knocked it out of the park the best as far as picking up the feel and the aesthetic of star wars i really feel like They've nailed it. And I yeah, I can't wait to see how they wrap up in these next couple episodes. I can't wait for you to see eight. Because I know you love Baby Yoda, and I know you're going to love what they've done with Baby Yoda. My wife and I were cracking up, man. I can't wait for you to see it. Um, well, I'm excited to check it out. And uh, the next time we check in, the series will be over, and we can certainly talk about how it ended and where it is going. Yes, absolutely. I can't wait. And I can't wait. I can't wait to hear uh, what, what you guys think of the show. Let us know. Am I off base about the first three episodes? Have I lost my mind? Am I right? Please tell us. Give us your feedback. As I always say, we will mention your name and bring you up in a later episode and talk about it. Give us some more content. We appreciate all the help we can get. Please. Mm-hmm. Please. Well, buddy. Yeah. You ready Baseball for- draft. Yes. Mandalorian. Yes. Hell yeah, dude. That baseball draft was fun. I'm fi- I'm glad we finally knocked it. I cannot wait to hear what people think. Of our choices for the baseball draft, I'm, I'm, I guarantee there's something that we forgot or oh, I forgot, I and named, I'm gonna be like, I named two movies after the fact that I'm regretting right now. I'm thinking of Mr. Baseball. That was a great movie, man. Mr. Baseball and the Rookie. Shit. 
I put hardball in over the rookie. I'm, I'm really regretting that decision. I, I like hardball, but I think the rookie's better now that I'm thinking about it. But your, I stand by my decision. Your swing has many holes. Yes, that's, that's right. funny. Ball can't seem to find it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so good, man. Shooto? Shooto. Yeah. So good, man. Good stuff. All right, man. Get us out of here, Mr. Clooney. Yes, in the immortal words of George Clinton, anything good is nasty, but it, I almost said George Clooney. Anything good is nasty, but it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we will see you in the 209. Peace. We're out. You're out. That's right.